0: And strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News. 923 FM and the KTAR News app. See, that's what I'm feeling from social media today. A whole lot of love. That's what I'm feeling it all day long on social media. Hey, listen, during King LASIK's uh, season of saving, LASIK for both eyes is now just $3,500. With this $2,000 savings and 0% financing for 24 months on approved credit, LASIK with Dr. King is only $146 a month. Go to kinglASIK.com slash Arizona for complete details. So the argument about the economy continues. What can we do? What can't we do? What should we do? What shouldn't we do? And uh, there's a lot of, in my opinion, of what's happening with the administrations that are shouldn'ts. The, they should not be doing what they're doing. They should not be demonizing private industry. The president laid off. And, and so you know how messaging works. And it's not a bad thing. It's just an accurate thing to talk about. There is a way you message. And it should be that way. There's a, the PR, public relations, is an amazing industry. And they're necessary. There are some that specialize in damage control. And PR firms that specialize in damage control are for people, famous people, for lack of a better term, known people. When they do something wrong or they're accused of doing something wrong, these PR firms are experts at mitigating the damage and the amount of time it's a headline. They make a lot of money doing that. And uh, whether it's private industry that have PR firms, you want a public image with your company, with your corporation, or you're a government entity. You want to make sure that messaging matters, not just what you say, how you say it, and when you say it. The White House, this is not the first time that the White House has gone after the oil companies and blamed them and accused them of profiteering. But the mistake they made the first time around was also going after the vendors saying that the vendors are also profiteering and that they should be lowering prices at the pump. And every mom and pop gas station in the country said, what are you talking about? You make more money in taxes than we do on a gallon of gas. The profit margin for a vendor, and many times it's not a big profitable thing for a you know a gas station to pump gas. It's an expensive thing to do. Now, I have some expertise in this area because I've worked on gas pumps as an electrician. I've told this story before. If you go to before the days of the credit card scanners right there on the pumps, all of the ARCO stations, the AMPMs in Arizona, installed these things. They called them at the time. They were called PIC machines, PIC, Pay Island Cashiers. And those are the machines between all the pumps that you walked up to either put cash into designated pu- for a designated pump or use your credit card. And I installed those in almost all of the gas stations in Arizona with the company I worked for. So I've worked with explosion-proof materials. I've worked with on, on gas pumps. I've done a lot of this work before. And trust me, the materials are really expensive because you got to make sure you you don't blow anything up. A spark in gas pumps, not a good co- combination. So it's hard to. It's expensive to install. It's expensive to maintain. And that is what these companies do to provide gasoline to the people in the community. So they don't make a lot of money. The profit margin is very, very thin. And what it is is they're hoping that while you pump your gas, you'll run into the store and buy something else. So the reason why I bring that up is the demonization of private industry. Nobody goes after small businesses. I mean, let's be honest. You're not going to go after a mom and pop business and demonize those people unless they're bilking the public. But, man, it's easy not only to go after a major corporation where the CEOs are making millions of dollars, and you also know that it's the oil companies which is destroying the planet. They are an easy mark. And the president of the United States went out on a a public relations attack to demonize the oil companies. In the meantime, they have diminished production. I'm talking about the federal government has made it impossible You know, part of the reason why diesel fuel remains very expensive is because of the refining capabilities in America of making enough of it to get it to the pumps for the companies that deliver it. So instead of saying we need to do something about the refining capabilities, the Biden administration just announced in the headline, I I talked about this earlier. This is an amazing headline. I was very encouraged and was ready to come on the air. This is why we printed it out and I brought it in the studio to compliment the Biden administration for finally getting the message. This is a New York Times headline. The New York Times, again, not a conservative publication. Biden expands efforts to secure U.S. energy independence. So depleting energy uh, emergency oil reserves, per criticism that the White House is trying to lower gas prices with midterm election politics in mind, is what it says. Here's the head. This is the meat of the story. The administration announced $2.8 billion in grants to expand domestic manufacturing of batteries for electric vehicles and the electric grid. So they're not doing anything to lower gas prices by helping the oil companies be better at production and make it easier for them to do what they do. They're not doing that at all. What they're doing is saying we're going to expedite moving to electric vehicles to lower the demand for oil. How long is that going to take? We don't have the infrastructure for it yet. We just don't. And this is where the problem lies. All of the dreams that you have of this this uh electric vehicle planet we're going to live on by 2035 is a fantasy. It is never going to happen that quickly. It just isn't. We don't have the ability to do it. And I am a, I am not an engineer. I just worked as an electrician and common sense when you've been in that industry dictates what you're capable of and what you're not. When you go to add things at your home, when you continue to add things, um, we've had to tell people, you need to upgrade your electrical service. It is, the, it is the most basic of concepts. I bought a home about four and a half years ago that was built in 1955. It had a 100 amp. That was the maximum amperage that the service to this house would carry is 100 amps. So obviously, this was before air conditioning and all of these other things. I had to upgrade my electrical service. Now, I have gas appliances in the house, but I upgraded to a 225-amp service because I've got an air conditioner, I've got a jacuzzi, I've got electronic things in the home. All of these other things that add to the demand on my power grid in a little house. So I had to upgrade the entire electrical service to meet the demand that I was going to put on it. Now, you expand that to a neighborhood. Then expand it to a town and then to a state. And imagine the infrastructure we have to increase in order to provide the power needed. There's a great question asked of the transportation secretary. Um, He was at a hearing. I think it was a congressional hearing. And he was asked, um, what do you think draws more power, an electric vehicle when it's charging or a refrigerator when it's running? He said, I would guess the car. And uh, he said, would you think it's closer to five times more or 20 times more? He said, I would say it's closer to 20. They said it was 50 times more. So you're going to add that demand to the power grid, and you're going to do it by 2035, and the oil companies are going to continue to refine and and to fix and build and do all these things, and you're going to run them out of business in less than 15 years. Doesn't make any sense. Then the president goes out and demonizes big oil. Yeah, I just think it's a mistake. It's just a mistake. We get you caught up on the big headlines. It's a segment we do called Did You Hear This? Every single morning at 11, 1120. It happens in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. There is a lot to catch up on. Let's get to it. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories.
1: President Biden is sending a message to oil companies. Bring down the price you charge at the pump to reflect what you pay for the product. You still make a significant profit. Your shareholders will still do very well, and the American people will catch a break they deserve.
0: How will this message be perceived? <laughs> it depends on who's who's listening to it. I, you know, I, I look at, I listen to that, and I think, you know, uh, lead by example, lower the gas tax. Suspend the gas tax nationally, um, lower the profits you're making on a gallon of gasoline, and you've done nothing to produce and done a lot to hinder. But it's more about not just oil companies. In any case, when you demonize private industry, when you are demonizing private industry— it is the wrong thing to do as the President of the United States. Using the bully pulpit to say they are stealing from the American people. They are taking far too much. It is just not the right way to go. You should be trying if at the very least what you should be trying to do is be as nice to the oil companies about production as you've been to the Saudis, as you've been to the Iranians, and as you've been to the Venezuelans. We went hat in hand and asked those places to help us and they all told us no. And then you demonize the oil companies in your own country. It is a mixed message and it's the wrong thing to say when the Americans are already upset.
1: Posts on social media are promising quick cash for easy work, but won't give the full job description. Smugglers using Snapchat and TikTok to recruit people to drive migrants from the border into the uh, into uh, Houston. Is there something these companies can do to prevent these messages
0: from being sent? I don't. I don't know if there's anything the companies can do about these messages being sent, but I can tell you a real story I heard from law enforcement. Um, there is a young man that was arrested. He was, I think, 15 years old. He was arrested because he was one of the guys that was con contacted by the cartels. There will be a car. The keys will be here. You're going to pick up four people. You're going to drive them to this location up in the valley and you're going to get paid a thousand dollars a person that gets crammed into this car. And so he'd been doing this for a while. He had been caught four times, caught four times, never processed, never pushed through the system. No mark on his record. What does it say to this young man? I'm going to keep doing this because even if they catch me, there's not going to be any punishment. There has to be consequences when you make it bad decisions and you do illegal things. That's part of the way that you stop this is you make sure that the people that are doing it, I know it's easy money, but the people that are doing it should pay a heavy price and that's one of the ways to stop this. <laughs> you are listening to Did You Hear This, we do it every day at this time to catch you up on the big headlines.
1: Yesterday, former journalists gathered to read a statement regarding attacks on the media by candidates. Journalists are not perfect. We make mistakes. And of course, questioning the press, challenging it, is part of what we do in a free republic. But bullying reporters for political gain is unacceptable and it's unpatriotic. What did you think of their overall statement?
0: Um, The overall statement, if it is directed at all candidates of all parties, is a fair statement to say the pushback from me would be, if I were a candidate, would be, okay, well, turnabout's fair play. Bullying a candidate for your ratings or writing uh, erroneous things or misleading things in order to get people to read your articles is also unacceptable. So let's all sit down and say, how do we do this better, would be my pushback. But if you are going to say that it's just Republicans that do this, and that's what the headline of AZ Central said, I don't know if that was the message or if that was the interpretation of the writer of that article. But when you, when you put in just one political... Political party, that's exactly what people are upset about. It's an attack on one side of the aisle when it happens on both sides of the aisle. Clean that up and we'll have a better conversation.
1: In an exclusive interview with Arizona Sports Wolf and Lou, Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury discussed the team's poor offensive start.
0: When you have a start like we've had uh, offensively, that talk is, is going to be out there. And, you know, quite frankly, it, it should be. We should play better, and um, we all know that.
1: If the Cardinals lose to the New Orleans Saints tonight, is Coach Kingsbury on the hot seat?
0: I think he is. I, I don't know if he gets fired this early. He just got a big contract extension. I don't know that that is if you, if, if uh, uh, Mr. Bidwill is going to be uh, willing to eat that contract, the contract extension he signed. But for the fan base, I know this about Michael Bidwill, and in the conversations I've had with him, he wants to win. I know he wants to win, and he made he made a commitment to the people of the Valley by saying, "You build us a stadium, we'll put a winner." on the field and we had a team that went to the Super Bowl we've had a very successful run for a long time so I know that he has been in the past committed to winning I don't think that this contract would be the one thing that stops him from finding a new coach if he thinks it's necessary I just don't know I don't know for sure but if we lose tonight and we get embarrassed at home again and it's been a year since we've won at home I do think that there's a very good chance that Cliff Kingsbury could be looking for work you know, and I'm not, I'm not someone that goes on. I don't have a bloodlust when it comes to things like this. I, I want people to be successful. I want to see the Cardinals turn this around. But you have to admit that they look anemic. They, they don't look good. They, and the worst part is they don't look prepared. They're not competitive. And that—that that is a coaching issue. I'm sorry. That is a preparedness issue. Professional athletes should be professional and work hard. But you also have to have a direction with a team and a plan that everybody buys into. That comes from from coaching and leadership so i'm anxious to see how they play tonight um coming up in a moment how are arizona schools dealing with the teacher shortage and could one controversial idea that's been implemented actually help with that we'll talk about it next Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News. 92.3 FM. And the KTAR News
1: app.
0: Hey, thanks for being here. As always, appreciate you spending part of your day with us. We know that there is a teacher shortage in Arizona and across the country. That uh, school districts are having a hard time finding qualified teachers to educate our children. We did a great story. And I was very happy to report this yesterday about the Kyrene School District. How they don't have any teacher vacancies. And they have such a high rate of return and job satisfaction and performance in that district. And I would say that if I were a superintendent, I would be asking how they do it. If you look at um, a successful organizations, you look at successful companies, uh, the NFL is one of them, and you look at the tree, and what I mean by that is the coaching tree, you look at some of the best head coaches in the NFL, whether it's an Andy Reid or, or um, a Bill Belichick, you get some of these legendary coaches that have been doing this for a long time, and you look at the assistant coaches, coordinators, and head coaches that they have mentored along the way, and you see the smart people learn from smart people. So if you're a school district that's getting it right, if you're a school system that's getting basis schools, if you instead of there being this comment of, well, they only do that because they handpick their students instead of that jealous response, why not respond by saying? What are you doing? Can we sit down and talk? And I want to understand, because I may want to do it a different way, but success is success. There's no doubt about that. Buddy Ryan, who ended up coming to the Arizona Cardinals um, and famously said, you have a winner in town. And man, was he wrong. But he was such a legendary coach. The 46 zone defense that he brought into the NFL that took the Chicago Bears to the the World Championship in 1985. Do you know how many coaches in the years that followed that copied that defense? Because it is the highest form of flattery. So I don't understand the arguments we continue to have in education. If it's failing, you have to admit it's failing and then do whatever you can do to fix it. What we've done here is we've drawn battle lines. And so you've got teacher organizations that are saying it's funding, it's funding, it's funding, it's funding. We don't have enough teachers because we can't pay them the money that they want to make. And we don't have enough money in school. Look at how little we spend in schools here in Arizona. But you're doing the same thing. Over and over and over again. So then we come up with a plan called the ESA program, which were uh, scholarship accounts. And those uh, those programs were for special needs students with the recognition that a parent would understand the unique need of their special needs child. And they would be able to take the money that was given to them in tax dollars and spend it in the way that they found that best benefited their child and their child's education. So now these are, are, are these accounts are being used for all students. And I don't understand why you're not willing to say we need to try something. What we're doing isn't working. We have been floundering in the bottom five in education for decades in Arizona. Our children deserve better. We need to try something else. And the expansion of these programs, which is known as the voucher program, but it's not. The ability. So you have a teacher shortage. You've got a story here about 43 kids in an elementary school classroom. 43. Why wouldn't it be beneficial if some of those kids were able to go to another school? If they were going to go to a school where the classroom sizes aren't that big, if the tax dollars that were attributed to those children would take a unique child, a child that is gifted, a child that is capable, and put them in a situation of excellence and watch them become excellent – that doesn't mean every child's going to succeed. It doesn't mean that every experience is going to be a good one. But what it does mean is you're giving an opportunity that these children would never have had. And so I would say to all of you out there that disagree with me politically to just think about this. We may be on opposite sides of the political aisle, especially if you're a working class family. An opportunity – for one of your children or one of your neighbors that live in your neighborhood, those children to take tax dollars attached to them, their parents could use it toward tuition at a school they could never afford. I've told the story of my brother. I won't retell it again. My brother went from most improved student in a public middle school to a private high school like Brophy, where he went on to college and graduated with honors. That was a real-life scenario in my home, and my mother would have never been able to afford that school. My brother went to high school with the whose parents were top lawyers in town and owned car dealerships and orthodontists and business owners and driving BMWs and Mercedes in the parking lot, and my mom drove around in a 10-year-old powder blue Gremlin. Um, But my brother got an education and a shot at excellence and took advantage of it and changed his life. He's the first person in my family to graduate from college. And we have a situation in Arizona, nothing is going to be perfect. We have a situation in Arizona now where things are going to change and parents have choices. I've asked this question before and I mean this as a sincere question to anybody that disagrees with me about changing the way public schools are run in Arizona. Why do you think there are so many parents that want private schools, charter schools, micro schools and home schools? Why do you think there is an explosion in the East Valley and in the West Valley with CTEDs or Career Technical Education Districts, places like EVIT and Westmec? Why do you think that they are exploding in enrollment? Because kids are different. Some kids are bound for college and some kids are bound for the workforce. Our job is to help them figure that out and then direct them appropriately so that they can be effective as adults, period. The political fighting we do is not good for us, but it's damaging for them. The idea that these scholarship accounts can be used now and a parent can send their child to the school that they see fit. The parent controls the child. The parent controls the dollar. And also in these school districts where they say they don't have any money, parents, I would say to you, we want our schools to be effective. And the best way that you can influence that is start asking them about the curriculum that they are purchasing because, you know, that stuff costs money, whether it's the textbooks or it's the training or the curriculum itself to have the rights to use it. All of these things cost money. And when you start asking people, why are you spending money on this in the social studies department? Why are you training math teachers in this? That's not math. Why are you doing that? Why don't you let a math teacher teach teach math? and, And you know what I mean? Instead of these other, we're not arguing value. We're not arguing whether they're valuable for kids or not. We're arguing about expense and priority. And then when you start seeing kids reading at a higher level and performing math skills at a higher level, then you can go and say, we are performing as good as we can with what we have. Now, if you want us to perform better, give us more. That's the way life works. But that's not how it works now with the fights we have about schools. And this story about 43 kids in a classroom. Well, good. The expansion, not good that they're 43 in the class, but good that we have an option now. I've got an overcrowded classroom. My child is one of 43. The teacher is overwhelmed and my child doesn't get the, in, the individual attention that he or she needs. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that child and put them in this school because this school over here has 22 kids in the class and my kid gets the attention they need. What's wrong with that? The answer is nothing is wrong with it unless you want control of the dollars and you don't want to give it up. Then it's problematic. Then it becomes problematic. All right. We're going to have a conversation about what's happening this weekend coming up before we close out the show. So stick around. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. It is election season. Obviously here we've got a great special coming up right after this show. Barry Markson is hosting it. It's right here at KTR. It starts at 1215 right after the expansion. I also want to invite you to go over to KTAR.com slash Arizona Votes where you can hear interviews with candidates from across the state that we have had here on the air at KTAR and our news department is interviewed as well. So you get a better, well-rounded look and be a more informed voter. That's our goal all the way through. Um, As was announced this morning, the uh, Citizens Clean Elections Commission has asked me to be a Part of the campaign event for governor this uh, weekend, this Sunday at five o'clock on AZTV7. I'm very honored to do it. Um, I've got to tell you, I am a big fan of social media and I am today. Um, I don't think they mean it in good fun, but I'm laughing my head off because I am getting crushed on social media today and uh, I'm taking it in stride. Um, And I would say to those people that don't think that I'm going to be fair or do a good job, just wait and see when it's over, because I promise you, if I were to blow it, I'd come on the air and admit it on Monday. But I'm honored to be a part of it. It is, uh, I think the voters of Arizona deserve to hear from the candidates. Uh, Both candidates have been invited. We don't know if both are going to show up. But this campaign event is going to be, I think, spectacular. It is something that getting this close to the election, early ballots have been mailed out. The voters of Arizona deserve to hear questions answered by the candidates about specific things on the issues that they would like to accomplish and how they will accomplish them here in the state of Arizona. And I am honored to be a part of that. As I mentioned, I've said many times, uh, the one job I would trade this one for – would be ambassador uh, of arizona if that job was really available i love this state that much it has been my home for almost 28 years now and uh, i'm going to be honored to be a part of this event that airs on sunday at 5 p.m on aztv 7 um anyway i want to belabor it's not about me it really is about clean elections and i would thank them for the honor of, of trusting me with this and i'm taking it very seriously and i'm going to have a good time um and uh, if you want to have some fun at my expense, uh, I am at Broomhead K T A R on Twitter. Just uh, just search that and see what's being said about me being chosen. It is hilarious. Some people are very funny. Um, I don't think they're trying to be funny. I think they're being mean, but it is funny. The jokes are funny. Um, before we close out the show, I want to finish a topic that I was just talking about, which is education. Um, it's one that I talk about frequently because the older I get. The more thankful I am for mine, my early education, because I don't have a college degree at all. I mean, I've been to one semester of college. I've taken a a great class uh, at Arizona Christian University. I took a class there. Um, It was a political science, political ideology and worldview class, and I absolutely loved it. And it made me even more envious of the people that have a college degree. I really do. Um, I really am envious because you've had the discipline to do the coursework. Um, but that being said, it was my early education. And I've, I've told this a number of times. Maybe it's worth repeating. For me, um, I was always smart. I always did well in school when I tried. But when I became a teenager, when my parents divorced, I just decided that I wanted to grow up. And I was even before a teenager. I was 12 years old. I had my first job at 12. Um, my choice. And then I went to work almost full time at 15 because I just wanted to be an adult. I just wanted to get on with my life, and I look back now with regret on that. But I'm so thankful that when I found my direction in life, which at the time was going to be an electrician, was gonna be a tradesman, I had a skill set to still be able to learn. I could read. I just didn't want to. I didn't want to learn. I I just wanted to work. When I realized learning a skill Means you have to learn the word learning in that skill. And I was able to learn a skill and I was able to perform well on tests um, when it came to math, which is a big part of the electrical trade. I was good at math, I just didn't want to do it when I found my direction. I had the education to become educated. I had the tools to become educated. And that is so valuable for young people. They're going to take a little bit longer to find their direction in life, to have the ability when they finally find something they're good at. I could have never transitioned into this career if I wasn't able to read and comprehend. And I'm so thankful for the people that gave me those skills when I was young, which is why I love teachers and educators, and I want our school system to be as good as it possibly can be. There are going to be kids that are fast starters that know exactly what they want to do and they chase their dreams and they're disciplined and they're going to be kids like me that were undisciplined little maniacs through their teenage years but when they're finally ready to do something with their life having the tools to do it makes all the difference in the world so I hope we can at least agree on that and hopefully moving forward that's where our conversation about education goes. Tomorrow morning we're back at around 8 o'clock again at Broomhead KTAR on Twitter. Mike Broomhead all one word on Instagram is how you can uh, follow me and talk between shows we'll be back tomorrow morning and don't forget the education or i'm sorry the election special here in just a few minutes have a great day god bless